welcome to episode four of the captain's vlog a podcast published by fierceturtle.co.uk and primarily aimed at uh, crew in training for the clipper around the world yacht race uh, the podcast is entirely independent of the clipper race and clipper ventures and clipper training and it is really just one person's view namely me about uh, various things uh, experiences i've had of the clipper race both as a round the world crew uh, a um, temporary skipper on the race and also um, i have fairly significant experience in the training department as a freelance uh, training skipper and yacht master instructor so with that uh, said, um, let's just talk today, I think, about pros and cons again. The pros and cons this time of leg six. Uh, so leg six largely incorporates um, the uh, starts on the east coast of Asia, normally fairly high latitude, and in the past has started from Qingdao. I understand that this time it may start further south and then incorporate Qingdao. That's, I say, this time. That's as of recording this, which is pre the 2019-20 Clipper Around the World Yacht Race. Of course, all these things change as um, things change within Clipper and with sponsors and everything else. So, Leg 6 is effectively there to take the race eastwards again from Asia and from China in particular to the next large landmass, which is many thousands of miles east of uh, of where you are uh and takes you um bizarrely uh, into the west i suppose so you're going to um you're going to uh, western california is the most likely place um or possibly further north than that so um it's the west coast of the states in the past san francisco and oakland have both been locations uh, for the finish and also seattle has been most recently a uh, a finished port so obviously america is a big port in terms of uh, the, obviously a, a, um, a large and wealthy part of the world and um, and you're leaving um, a fantastic departure on the Chinese coast and then um, you end up crossing a very barren hostile ocean um, in the late winter early spring to get you to the um, the sort of the 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 warmer climbs of uh, the west coast of the states later on in March normally. So, um, as you might expect, because of the high latitude and the fact that it's a large ocean near winter time, it's a fairly challenging environment. Um, it starts off normally very cold, and you've got a very cold continental air mass sitting over you. And then, as you get into the sort of the more maritime air. Um, it normally gets a little bit warmer, but it's also very moist, very wet, very, very wintry. So it's not unlikely or unusual to leave Qingdao uh, maybe in sleet or snow and bad visibility. So it's like the UK would be in, in winter, probably a bit colder. Um, so you need to have the kit, obviously, for that. And then as you go east, you are, in my experience anyway, having done the leg six once, um, going to experience cold wet conditions uh, you're going to see several large weather systems which will mean high winds big seas 
um, very fast exhilarating boat speeds and it's a long time it's about 6,000 miles or so and so even on a fast race boat that takes a long time to cross that sort of ocean it's the largest ocean in the world by a very long way I think the Pacific is something like five times larger than the Atlantic Ocean so it gives you an indication of scale you won't see a great deal on your way across in terms of other shipping um, um, it's um, yeah you're pretty much the nearest human to you as you're crossing the North Pacific is normally said to be um, the people on the space station so um, yeah you're, you're in for a pretty challenging time um, probably going to take you um, just over four weeks to cross and um, yeah as I say you can you can expect to see some pretty big conditions so you'll probably see two or three large weather systems coming through and wind speeds in the North Pacific it's very very similar really to what you'd expect in on leg three of the Southern Ocean so um, you know you're gonna see wind speeds um, above 50 knots um, for large parts of the race well not for large parts of the race that's not true for two or three times during the race you'll see wind speeds probably over 50 knots um, you may well see gusts up to sort of 100 knots other races have seen that sort of those sort of conditions so if you are looking for that sort of experience out of one leg then leg six is right up there with leg three i actually think leg three perhaps has slightly more kudos points to those that sail and want to say that they've sailed in the roaring 40s but my experience would say that leg six was actually the more challenging i, I found it I don't know it was later in the race and therefore perhaps I was a bit more tired as a round the worlder but I just found leg six to be very tough um, and also hugely rewarding so out of all of the legs on the race I would say leg six was both the hardest for me and my experience of it and also the most rewarding and the one I'm proudest of achieving um, a, um, a crossing we didn't do well in the race we had some bits and pieces that um, uh, slowed us down in the race but in terms of actually experience I would have said that leg six was the hardest and by far the most rewarding of all the legs that I did on the 2011-12 round the world race. Um, obviously, in terms of pros and cons, well, you're, you're starting in China, so if you're traveling from a long distance, it's going to be expensive to get there, and you're finishing in America, so if you're from Western Europe, the travel to and from the start and finish is going to be expensive. Um, the pro side to that I suppose is that it means you're traveling to some interesting parts of the world that you might not otherwise travel to so you have China and um, obviously China is a very different um, culture to uh, Western Europe and so it's nice to, to, to visit and see the differences and enjoy the differences and etc. Um, uh, America too is, is different to Western Europe it is a, um, a culture in its own right of course and whilst us English speakers might think that um, America is is um, very much closer to England than other parts of the world. In my experience, anyway, um, I find that um, America is very definitely a foreign location for for an Englishman. Uh, very pleasant, nonetheless, but um, uh, yeah, worth visiting. So the locations are uh, different, but expensive to get to. Um, making landfall on the west coast of the states after four weeks plus at sea in fairly hostile environment is pretty spectacular very um we were very glad to see san francisco at the end of the 2011-12 race and you have knocked off a large part of the races around the world when you get to the end of leg six uh, that leads me on to another advantage of leg six for those that are only doing one leg and that is that 
because it's a challenging leg and because it's a long leg and it's tiring and um, inclement weather and everything else, having fresh crew is a big advantage. It's also a long time to be at sea. And so having new crew that have just new conversation, new faces, um, that all helps an awful lot. So it may, might seem like a small thing, but it's not. It's nice to have new energy and new conversation introduced to the boat. And so, again, my experience only, but by the time you get um, toward the end of leg six, as around the world, I was starting to feel, I was 46 when I did it, and I was starting to feel pretty tired, even though I was an awful lot fitter than when I started the race. You know, you've got a few bumps and bruises and... Um, you've been at sea for a large part of the year. Um, it's still just you know, coming out of winter time. Um, so I, I found at the end of leg six, it was nice to have. Uh, it was nice to have leg seven to look forward to, which is um, in large part much warmer and um, far less um, challenging in terms of the size of the seas and everything else. Once you're out of the uh, um, North Pacific, but also it was nice to see the sun again. It was nice to um, have fresh crew fresh conversations and uh you know beginning the, the, the kite up sailing down the coast of mexico and what have you was was pretty nice going down to panama so leg six um it is good for i would say good for leggers that want to have a challenging leg uh it's right up there with leg three in that respect so if you want to see big big boat speeds big weather um, you know, the sort of the master and commander, perfect storm sort of um, style of ocean crossing, then leg six is definitely up there and um, worth considering. Sometimes it can be uh, a windier crossing and other times less windier. Weather is weather. So, you know, you're just more likely to get big conditions in on leg six. Um, the other thing I suppose is kit. Leg six, like leg three, is cold and wet and windy and so you need good kit and it's important that i would suggest you need to buy the best boots you can afford um, obviously musto hpx boots um are um uh, they've they've got well they've got several different brands i don't know the, the brands well or the different types well but i know that they sell them with gaiters and i would say that in terms of boots you've got to buy boots with gaiters Obviously, Musto, who are currently the sponsor for the race, have got um, various offers to crew. So no doubt you will have tried on boots and bits and pieces. So uh, you'll know what you want in that respect. Um, I, on the 11-12, I had a pair of Le Chamou Neptune boots, which I really rated. They're, um, I think, quite similar to the Musto rubber boot. Um, they're a rubber neoprene lined boot with a gaiter. And um, they're very warm and very robust. So, um, yeah, you pays your money, it takes your choice with that. But um, the other thing is, leg six is one of those legs where you might consider a dry suit, especially if you're going to be on the foredeck. Um, as we've said before in, in uh, the previous episode, dry suits I see very much as an insurance policy in the unfortunate event that you went over the side and were not clipped on for some reason. So if you're lost from the boat and have to be recovered, found and recovered, it can take time. And that time is not on your side in a very cold ocean in winter. So a dry suit is certainly something worth considering, especially if you're going to spend a lot of time on the foredeck. So if you're one of those people that likes to be on the foredeck or spends their time on the foredeck because they are suited to it, then you might think about a dry suit. Um, it's an insurance policy at the end of the day. 
make sure you've got plenty of base layers and mid layers and also make sure that you I mean I would definitely for a cold leg like this go for the musto mid layer salopettes with a fleece lining and mid layer jacket which you'd wear over a fleece and then over probably long johns or base layers wicking base layers and uh, wear in conjunction either with a dry suit um, or and or with your um, valley shell your hpx shell so um, make sure you've got plenty of warm kit a couple of warm hats still need sunglasses because it does get bright uh, you might want to think about things like um, a pair of goggles if you're going to be helming a lot so that you can see when you're surfing down those big waves and you've got um, sleet snow rain spray in your face um, your eyes get very sore with salt water splashing in your face all the time so uh, a pair of goggles isn't a bad idea for um for the faster colder legs um a balaclava fleece lined balaclava um shark skin do a, a great fleece lined micro fleece line neoprene balaclava with a big neck gasket and they're about 30 quid um fierce turtle sell them i would um, definitely recommend one of those for one of these colder legs leg three leg six um, your um, your hearing goes down, but if you're on the helm for you know an hour or two um, in the middle of the night and you're looking forward anyway, having something warm around your head like that makes a big difference, keeps you warmer. Um, especially if you get waves over the over the back of the boat, and you, if you once your head's cold, you're going to get cold. So good boots, good headgear, um, good kit all round. Um, make sure you carry enough changes. Uh, most people on my race on the eleven twelve had one change of base layers per week. So maximum of maybe five weeks of base layers and change them once a week when you showered, which um, we normally showered once a week after mother watch, but that will vary depending on your skipper and everything else. So um, make sure you get the kit and take the kit with you. I took, um, I took a small iPad, which I charged off my own battery pack. Obviously that's adding weight and it's adding more kit to the boat. Um, generally it's gonna be discouraged, um, I found us around the world it was a nice luxury to carry might do a, another vlog on that just that when you got in you could use your iPad to log into Wi-Fi and you could book hotels and you could do banking and all that sort of stuff and I found on leg six in particular it was nice on the mother watch to be able to just uh, ret retire to your bed your bunk um, we used to get the night off if we had done mother watch so you didn't wake you had a long sleep through so on that basis it meant you got the time to uh, look at something you downloaded beforehand, so a film or a comedy program, and just forget for a while that you know the boat and the race and everything else. It was just a nice break I found once a week, and I probably only made it 15 minutes into anything I was watching before I was asleep. But it was nice to have that uh, little bit of a, I suppose that little bit of a comfort blanket, remember, remind, remembering the luxuries and the the, the, the luxuries of home. Um, Make sure you take plenty of dry bags so that you can decant your clothing and your bits and pieces of kit into dry bags and then you might want to hang one or two of those dry bags off your bunk as long as it's not bothering other people. So you can dip into it for deck kit, things like um, torches and um, fleece hats and that sort of stuff. And then have another one which um, split your base layers so that you, if, if you have a disaster and all your base layers get wet, only it's only going to be half your base layers because the rest are in another dry bag. So I think that's a good idea too. Um, what else on leg six are pros and cons? I mean, I think the big pro has to be that you're going to see some big weather. You're going to see big boat speeds. It's a long race. It's very challenging. Um, it's hugely rewarding when you complete it. Uh, anyone who's done leg six, I think, what you, you know, you ask them, I think they would say the same. 
um, and it's right up there with leg three in terms of that sort of sailing challenge. Uh, it's very exhilarating. Um, it's um, very exciting. Um, the downsides, it's cold and wet. Uh, it is hard. It's a challenge. Um, if you don't feel you're up to it, then perhaps you ought to be looking at one of the shorter or warmer legs, but they have their own challenges too. It isn't going to be easy sailing a race boat around the world, wherever leg you do. So um, but if you're going to do one leg and you want a, a real challenge, I would have said leg three and leg six are certainly up there as being um, big challenges, big seas, big waves, big boat speeds, and definitely worth um, thinking about signing up for. Um, and the, the other, I suppose, advantage to a lot of these legs now is that you're traveling through some interesting parts of the world and both the start at China and also the finish in America mean that if you have the time and the inclination and the money and you've only done one leg, there is always a chance of um, topping or tailing that race with some travel. And I do know of some people in the past that have finished leg six and then uh, leg seven sets off and they have driven or hitched or done whatever they're going to do, travelled across America to um, the East Coast and wherever the start point is for leg eight, um, which in the past has been New York. And um, then they've rejoined their race boat for leg eight, so that they've done leg six and leg eight as race crew. Um, and they've also combined within that uh, four weeks or so, four or five weeks of travel, which I think is great if you've got the money and the time to do it. I think that's a fantastic way to... Uh, as a legger to take um, the most out of the race. Uh, obviously, if you're around the world, um, you're going to be required. So you're going to stay on the boat and go south on leg seven and do an awful lot of kite work and sailing into warmer climbs. And you're going to see your own you know, Panama Canal, things like that, which I'll go on to in the next, in the next podcast. So that's 17 minutes. So I'm going to um, cut it short there. I hope that's of some use to you. I um, hope it gives you some idea about what you're going to be expecting if you sign up for leg six. And uh, the next podcast, I'm going to be talking about leg seven, the pros and cons of that. In the meantime, if you have already done this leg and you would like to comment, please uh, download the Anchor FM app. You can send me a, a comment, which I'm happy to, um, to incorporate into a podcast. And um, alternatively, if you go to YouTube um, and check out the YouTube channel for Fierce Turtle, you will see that uh, there's a, a comment section under each podcast where you can put your own comments. If you disagree with me, agree with me, or you have something that I've missed in my ramblings that you'd like to add. So um, any links in the description below relating to boots and um, to... Um, dry suits etc um feel free to click on them and um um yep thanks very much for your support and for listening please subscribe if you haven't already and i'll speak to you again soon thanks very much this podcast is entirely independent and in no way endorsed by the wonderful folks at the clipper round the world yacht race clipper training or clip adventures. Mm-hmm.